This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to this week's edition of Jackets Debrief. Um, we've the Blue Jackets fans, I believe, we have come down off the mountain pretty hard at this point. Uh, last time I talked with you, things were looking great. Uh, the team was, I think, it was they were two and one or, or three and zero or whatnot. But but uh, yeah, we've definitely come down the mountain a little bit. Uh, at this point, the Blue Jackets are now three and two after just getting destroyed by the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, now we're, you know, sitting here scratching our heads trying to figure out what's going on next. Well, let's let's start the show the way we always do, looking at the standings. Blue Jackets are now down to sixth uh, in the division, six points out of five games. So, I mean, it's still a winning record. They've still got 60% of the points they could have gotten. Um, now, number seven is Philadelphia at .625. Uh, the reason the Jackets are ahead of them is the Flyers only have five points, but they've got it in four games. Um the the Rangers are continuing a strong start, nine points in six games. Carolina's remained undefeated, so they're four and zero. Pittsburgh they're three zero and two, um, which is very impressive considering the injuries they're dealing with. Washington three zero and two. New Jersey's got a strong start this year with 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 all the young talent. They've got to feel good about that, so that's that's good for them. Um, the Islanders starting off poorly. Uh, it, it's the age old adage you got to remember in hockey, which is you can't make the playoffs in October. But you can lose it. Um, you can lose the playoffs in October. At this point, there's not many teams where it feels like that's happening just yet. Mostly because it's so early. I mean, I think the most anybody's played is six games so far this season. Um, but when you look at those teams where you're like, Ugh, where are they at? I mean, because like the Islanders, they're, they're four points back. You know, one good week and a couple bad weeks out of the teams out of them. No big deal. They, they turn things around. Um but the teams where you very quickly start saying, eh, are teams like the Montreal Canadiens, who are 1-5. They don't have their starting goaltender, which is what their team is built around, and they're still trying to figure out what it is they're doing. Uh, and they're in the Atlantic, which is a tough division. Um, I mean, Florida started off strong with 5-0. Now there's two teams at the beginning of uh, the, in the Atlantic that you don't expect to keep pace with Buffalo and Detroit, but then they've still got to deal with Boston, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. So I just... Now Toronto's not having a great start, um, but Toronto's got a lot of talent. They're they're going to have a good regular season. <laughs> it actually makes me laugh quite a bit. If you listen to hockey shows, something you hear a lot. They talk about Toronto, and they're like, "Oh, the regular season doesn't matter in Toronto." Well, when you start the season two, three, and one, the regular season seems to matter a whole lot. All of a sudden in Toronto, uh, out west, the two teams that really seem to have fallen behind Arizona and Chicago in the Central. Um, out west, nobody really yet. I mean, when your bottom team is Vegas, they've only got two points in four games. That's not great. But, I mean, the fourth place team in the division is Calgary at five points in four games. So it, it's not like it's that big a difference there. So I, anything could happen. Looking at the uh, Atlantic's projection, or looking at the Athletic's projections of where things are, could, are probably going to go, they've got the Blue Jackets at a 2% chance to win the division. Um they're still saying that there's a 73% chance they finish last in the division. With the strong start the Devils have had, that's very possible at this point. Um, 
this Blue Jacks team just isn't good, guys. And that, that's going to be kind of the focus of this show. So if you came out of this and you're like, I want to hear something positive from Frank. I mean, I'm going to be positive about it. Um, first of all, I'm positive they're bad. Uh, but it's not all for loss, and we're, we're going to talk about that. But, yeah, their, their odds are just not great. They're not making the playoffs this year. I mean, maybe they could. I mean, it's real early. Obviously, anything can happen. Somebody can go on a run. They can, in the same way they won their first couple of games on what are referred to as PDO benders, they, those could happen again. But I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, I wouldn't be like the guys sitting in the floor in front of me on the game on Saturday night. We're going to get into those guys a little bit because I think, I think they, they tell us something uh, about where Blue Jackets fans are at. And it's not that it's not understandable. I get it. It's just that I want fans to process uh, what's going on in the right way so they know where this team actually stands on things. So um, in reference to the last couple of games since we've talked, uh, the Blue Jackets had an amazing win against the Islanders. Um, Patrick Liney scores in overtime. It's a lot of fun. Yay. Uh, and then last night, on the on Saturday night, they just get destroyed by the Hurricanes 5-1. What's interesting is in both of those games, uh, some of the underlying numbers looked similar. Um, at 5-1-5 score and venue adjusted, the Corsi 4 percentage... The Islanders game, the Blue Jackets only had 44.73%. They actually were better in the Hurricanes game, 45.28%. Uh, the high-danger scoring chances, a little different there against the Islanders. The Blue Jackets had 44.28% of the high-danger scoring chances. Against the Hurricanes, only 39%. Um, in both games, the Blue Jackets were under 40% of the expected goals for. Here's the main difference between when you do that against the Islanders and the, and the Hurricanes. First of all, it's... It's always possible that you, you know, hockey is the most random sport of the major sports in that, that Americans tend to watch. Hockey is the most randomized one um, between the speed, between the, you know, again, you got a frozen, frozen rubber disc on ice. Weird bounces happen. Weird things happen in a different way. Um, I mean, I would compare it to soccer, but soccer is different because soccer is such a bigger field. The ball's moving so much slower. There's more chance for your talent to win out over 90 minutes. In a hockey game, it's less time. It's a faster game. Things are just pop, 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 and that's it. And and things can happen. Uh, I mean, it, the best example was last night in the Hurricanes game. There was a play, and I kind of went... Discussed with someone on Twitter where they were like, that oh, was just a bad luck goal for the Blue Jackets. I don't remember which goal it was. But Corpy went down to try and make the save. The puck was going, seemed to have been flipped up over him. And he was trying to pull his legs in, I think, to make a better chance to have both legs together to make the save. And while he was doing so, he actually kicked the puck into the net. And that's how one of those goals happened. And it, it was one of those things where... My response to it was, yeah, those bad lucks happen. The bad luck happens against you more often when you're not as good as the other team. Uh, and that's just what's happening right now. Um, again, we'll, we'll get into the details on that a little bit. But, yeah, in both these games against the Islanders and the Blue Jackets, the difference with the Islanders and the, and the, and the Hurricanes. So the Islanders are a team that wants to grind you down. They're a defensive team. They want to outchance you. But at the end of the day, they don't they don't quite have the same talent level the Hurricanes do when it comes to being able to score. 
And that's the thing about the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes can drive you down. They can outchance you. And they are much better at making you pay for those. I wa- remember one play specifically last night. Sebastian Ajo scored a goal. Um, he was he was in the middle of the ice. It would have been past the circle. So he was pretty far back. But he pretty much just had a wide open look at the neck, net and just popped it. And it was just a perfect shot. And he scored, and Hurricanes were up. I don't remember what it was at that point. I just remember it wasn't great. Um, but that's where it is. That's where it is sometimes. So so that's where we are here currently. All right. And, and do want to share with you again this week our, our sponsors here uh, with the Hockey Podcast Network are our fans over at DraftKings. Guys, this is this is the best time of the year when it comes to sports. All four major sports are going. You still got MLS playing. You got everything going on. You want to place bets. You want to make the games a little more interesting. You want to do some daily fantasy. DraftKings is the way to go. New DraftKings customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Gotta love the, uh, the references to... I can't remember the number of the game now, but hey, it, it's free money to bet. It's a good time. Um, it's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings has uh, all of the daily fantasy things, huge cash prizes there. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Again, that's that's if you can bet. That's if you can do daily fantasy, whatever you want to do. Feel free to do it. And if it's like you're in my state, uh, I, think, I think it was the good old... Uh, uh, I remember his name. He's a goofy dude who tweets about Cleveland sports a lot. But if you're like why I'm in Ohio, uh, you can't bet yet. Um, but you do live in a state that printed 18,000 license plates wrong uh, because they just, you know, they, you know, because they, they mixed up what was the front of the Wright Brothers plane. But they don't want you to bet because uh, they don't want you to spend your money in a in a uh, irresponsible fashion. So, download the DraftKings Sportsback Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so we have done that part of the show. All right, so, okay, so you've heard me talk about how the team's just not that good this year. And you're saying to yourself, Frank, why do I watch the games? First of all, that is an existential question you can only ask yourself. I do it because it's fun. I enjoy the games. I enjoy the Blue Jackets. I am a Blue Jackets fan. I want to see where things are going. At this point, I think you're doing it more to see where the individual players are going, who's doing well, uh, what you know, what the team's responding to, that sort of thing. So a lot of our looks this season, throughout the season, are going to be how individual players are faring um, over the course of the season. And where we are right now, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of great highlights to see. That's just, that's just where we are as far as the team goes. Um, most of these guys are struggling right now. And the reality of that is that you're having a problem with... Even when you have good players out there, hockey is the kind of sport that... Even when you have good players out there, if they're surrounded by bad guys or guys who aren't as great, those players can sink them. 
and that's just what happens. Um, so that's, I mean, that's that's just the reality of, of where we're at with this team right now. There's a lot of things that are tricky. Um, they're just not, they're just not great right now. But what are we looking at to try and give ourselves some, uh, some hope, some, some happiness as we go into these, these coming, coming, uh, coming season here. I'll tell you what we're looking at. We're looking at some young players. We're looking at trying to get a good sense of, of where this team is at, um, on things. So one one number that we're looking at is we're trying to get a sense of the individual uh, course you want a guy's on the ice um, and the expected goals for percentage when he's on the ice. So right now, who our leaders are in the clubhouse at uh, course you for percentage, um, we're at Jack Roslovic, 53, Bjorkstrand's at 53, Boquist is at a 50. After that, we're dropping below 50. So what does that mean? Again, the idea is that these guys are getting, we're getting at five on five when these guys are on the ice, they're getting more shots than their opponents. Now, the number I always like to look more at is expected goals for. And the reason for that is expected goals for, it's not just telling you who's getting more shots, but the quality of those shots they're getting. We're still only three guys over 50% right now. That'd be Adam Boquist, Patrick Laine, Oliver Bjorkstrand. So uh, I, the one the, one of the big encouragements for me though, so far this season is Line looks better. I think he's playing better. Um, one thing that I thought was extremely true last year is whenever you watch Line, you could look at what was happening and say, oh, look, the, pick, the puck's on Line's stick, and the very next thing that's going to happen is he will either lose the puck or he will pass it just to nowhere and no one will have it. And that seemed to be true time and time again. That is happening less this year. I'm not going to say it's not happening at all because it's definitely happening more than I'd want it to, but it is happening less. Um, he is taking more shots. He is taking more attempts at things. Now, this is part of where the reality is he doesn't have a true number one set. He doesn't have a true center to center his line. I mean, we're again, Roslovic's a real center. Um, Cole Sillinger's a real center. Boone can be a center, but this is what we're dealing with, guys. We're dealing with Roslovic, who at his ceiling is a number three center. And we're trying to get him to work with a winger who's a, you know, whenever, the, if they play together, well, Line is a top six center. We don't have a top six center on this roster right now. Could Cole Sillinger be that? Sure, he could be. He's not, not yet, but he could be. Um, so taking a look at everything here, when we're looking at uh, expected goals for, so we got the three guys, 51, 51, and 50. Now, as we go down through the list, some notables, Scott Harrington's not been great. Igor Chinikov's not been great. He's in the 30s at expected goals, 4 percentage when he's on the ice. Andrew Peake's at 31. Dean Kukin's at a 33. Um, some of the ones that you don't, you really don't like seeing, like Zach Wierenski's at 38. Uh, Cole Sillinger's currently at a 42.22. So what we're going to be looking at through the season is, are these numbers getting better for some of these guys? Because what we're looking at is, like Zach Wierenski, he is taking some of the hardest spots because he is being leaned on as that number one defenseman on this team. And when he's out there, he's out there with lines of not great players, um, not great forwards. And the the, the defensemen that we are, we're leaning on on this team, Boquist and Bean, these are young guys. These are guys that are going to take time to develop. And that's okay. I mean, that that's where we are right now. Um, 
it's going to take time for these guys to be better. And and this is where I want to address what I saw at the game last night. And this isn't a criticism of anybody because fans can say whatever fans want to say, and that's fine. And I'm not going to say, oh, you're not being the right kind of fan. That's not what I'm doing here. So Jake Bean's 23. Uh, Adam Boquist is 21. These are young guys. These are guys that we that need to develop um, if we think they can be better. And that's what we're leaning on. The thing is that's half of our defense right now. Half of our top pairs are Bean and Boquist. Um, and then those bottom pairs, we're trying to figure things out with Scott Harrington and Peak and just trying to trying to work it out. So I'm sitting at the game last night. I was there with my wife. And there were these four guys in front of us um, who just were like, oh, geez. You know, I, and I mean, that's understandable. We weren't good last night. But they were like, why, are, why isn't this happening? And, oh, this team's always rebuilding and this and that. Let's, and, and that's something I've heard a lot. Let's be clear on something. This team has not always been rebuilding. One of the problems the Blue Jackets have had throughout their history is there has almost never been a tear-it-down rebuild. I don't think there has been a true one, unless you want to count when the franchise first started. Because I think when the franchise first started, there was a feeling of, we want to try and win. And then how, when Housen becomes GM, he had Rick Nash, and the idea was, okay, we want to try and build a winner around Nash. And I, I think the first time the franchise, anyone in the franchise had enough gravitas. First of all, the, I mean, when it cannot be understated how much damage um, Doug McClain did to this franchise. And, and I'm not... These aren't personal attacks on people. When I hear Doug McClain, I think he's great. He's fun to hear talk about hockey and stuff. But there was never a build-it-slow attempt at making this thing work right. And then when Scott Housen was here, he had Rick Nash. The idea was, okay, we've got this great player we can build around. We really need to try and win with him. Once John Davidson showed up, I think that was the first person in hockey management who could look at ownership and say... We need to do this differently. We need to slow this down. We need to build this up. We need to take our time. I think it was the first time that was ever a potential. But here's what happened. A funny thing happened on the way to the rebuild. So they they bring in John Davidson. They bring in Yarmulkekalainen. And all of a sudden you have a goalie who is a Vesna winner. And you've got this team that's playing above expectations. Um, you first swing the deal to get Brandon Saad. And you're like, oh, awesome. We've got this great player. And you start playing well with him. Then you can swing the deal for Artemi Panarin. You're like, okay, let's try and win. Then when you make the run for the going for it, you try and win. I think what we're seeing now, guys, is the first ever real attempted rebuild of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Where it's like, yeah, we're going to be bad. And some people might say, well, then we should have gotten rid of Wierenski too. But I think Wierenski is the idea of... We want to bring hold somebody along and say this is what we where we're seeing where we're going. Same thing with Elvis from Lincoln's. We want to see where we're going. I didn't touch on the goalie stats, but these are actually somewhat encouraging. Uh, Elvis from Lincoln's. The stat I tend to look at most often, and this one's at Money Puck, and it's at five on five. It's goal saved by, above, above expected. Essentially, again, the idea is that you're looking at what the quality of shots is going at a goaltender. How many goals would you expect to be scored? How many actually were? What's the difference? Elvis from Lincoln's is what. Uh, Sixth in the league right now at 2.8. I guess that could be a three-way tie for sixth, fourth or fifth or something. And then down at number 17 is the score Pasal at 1.1. So right now, both the goalies are good because they are playing better than what was expected. I mean, they're, they're saving more than what you would expect. 
Um, so that's a, that's a good sign for them. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at, guys. Just that's it. Um, so if you're sitting there watching games this year and going, ah, they need this, that, we got to rebuild this thing, guys. And, and here's here's part of this for Blue Jackets fans. Don't fall in love with anyone on this roster. I mean, with the exception of maybe Bjorkstrand and Wierenski and where's Lincolns. I don't know how many of these guys are still going to be here in two years. I don't expect Patrick Laine to sign a long-term deal in Columbus. I expect him to be traded. I don't expect Jacob Voracek to tr- play out his last three years on this deal. I expect him to be traded. Um, Boone, I, I think Boone will probably play out his deal, being the, being the captain. I think uh, Corrali will probably play out his deal. Uh, Jack, I think he still has to show he has something to prove. I think he has to prove he can be at least a, a decent bottom six center on this team. So I wouldn't hang my hat on on Jack uh, Roslovakit. Now he's only 24. He could get better. But he's getting to the point where a lot of players start hitting their prime. So he's got about, I mean, this season is going to be a lot for, for Jack Roslovic. And he's, he's an RFA with arbitration rights next year. If he doesn't prove anything, maybe it's like a two-year deal at $2 million or something. But I just, I don't know. Um, Texier is the same way. He's in that. You got to prove us. You got to prove that you're you're worth sticking around here. Because here's the thing: how many bottom six centers do you want on a team? Because if you can't show us that you can be a second line center, you better show us you can be a great, you know, whatever. Because right now, the one of the players that has the longest leash is Cole Sillinger because he's 18. I mean, he's he's got a long leash. We're gonna give Cole Sillinger some time, but yeah, when I'm looking at this roster right now, four check line A. Nyquist has only got two years left on his deal. He won't be resigning after that. Um, we'll say Boone will be... I'm, I'm looking at players that will be here in three years. Corrali, he'll still be here. Roslovic, eh. Texier, eh. Um, Robinson, probably, because he's, he's, a, he's a useful bottom six kind of guy. Chinikov, yeah, he'll still be here. Um, Hoffman, eh. Justin Danforth, eh. Go down to the defensive realm. I mean, obviously, where is he staying? Vladislav Gavrikov. It's going to be a UFA after two years. I don't know. Jake Bean, probably. Dean Kukin, eh. Scott Harrington, I highly doubt it. Boquist will be here. Peak, I don't know. I mean, it, it, three years, Peak will be at 24, getting an RFA deal. I don't know. Gabriel Carlson, I don't know. Um, I, At this point, that is 12 of the 20 guys on the current roster where I'm looking at it and going, I don't know. I'm not feeling great about the idea of this guy being on this roster in three years. I don't say that with any confidence that he will be. I would say if I had to bet, if you said, Frank, you have to bet on players and for everyone you get right, you know, I, I don't know, whatever whatever terms you want to put on this bet. Um, yeah, there's at least 12 players on this current roster that if you said, you know, up or down, are they going to be here in three years? There's 12 of them that if I had to bet today, I'd bet no. I just don't think they will be. Um, don't expect this to be, I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes here over the next few years, and that's fine. That's what happens in a rebuild. We're going to be pulling up more draft picks. We're going to be bringing over more of our Russian guys. We're going to be getting Vronkovs and and uh, and uh, Kirill Marchenko's coming in, and uh, we're going to be getting Ken Johnson, and we're going to be getting the you know just other guys who've got in systems and different things. We're trying to figure out maybe Foodie gets his playing time and can come up into the NHL and be a solid player for us. Maybe he'll be a late bloomer. We'll see. There's just a lot going on. So, Blue Jacks fans, what is there to feel good about? This. This is quoting from Mark Lazarus from the Athletic. In a roughly two-minute span Sunday night, all of the following happened. 
One, the Blackhawks give up a goal to fall behind 5-2 to a Red Wings team that got smoked 6-1 in Montreal by an 0-5 team a night before, the night earlier. It was the fourth time Seth Jones was on the ice for a goal against in the game. I, I don't, I'm not going to be a guy who's going to sit here and wallow when Seth Jones is bad, but I will say this. Um, whenever a guy writes his own ticket out of town, I don't care anymore about him. If, if you want to leave, fine, you're gone. Uh, I had to get into this with Twitter on somebody um, just discussing it back and forth. Uh, some fan was like, I don't know why anybody thinks we care about guys once they're not here anymore. Listen, I would like to see, I would still like to see Nick Foligno get his name on the Stanley Cup. Um, David Savard got his already. I'd like to see Cam Atkinson do well. Guys who were here and were good, um, if it was something where there was kind of more of a mutual thing, like Bobrovsky, I I don't mind Bobrovsky doing well. Because he was never going to sign for that. He was never going to sign the deal he signed in Florida and Columbus. So those kinds of things, I don't hurt it. Seth Jones, like I don't wish him ill, but the reason I'm kind of happy when things go bad right now is it's an indicator that Columbus is going to get a better draft pick. All right, second thing they have on Sunday night. A Let's Go Red Wings chant rang out throughout the United Center, a loud one at that. Three, the Blackhawks were booed off the ice as the second period ended. Four, the Blackhawks announced that their sellout streak had ended at 535 games. All right, so the Blackhawks are one of the few winless teams left in the NHL. Here's the thing. The first-round pick the Blue Jackets are getting next year from Chicago is only protected if it's with the first two picks. So what I'm rooting for, honestly what I'm rooting for is for Chicago to get as, to get that third pick. That would be incredible. And that's what you can feel good right now about Blue Jackets fans. we got young guys who are learning, young guys who are playing in different places, so be excited about that. And we've got another first-rounder coming next year. So next year we're going to have another two, two first-rounders. And if the team's bad this year... See, last, last night when I was at the game, something that was crazy to me. A lot of games, um, especially before the pandemic, when they were losing, I was angry. And the big difference here is they're not good, and I don't expect them to be good. It's been a long time since I've been since I'd gone to a Blue Jackets game, and most years I was like, I expect them to be at least competitive this year. This year they're not. That's fine, because that's the plan. We're not going to be. If this team had two top gets two top ten picks next year, great. If they had two in the top five, I'd be ecstatic. What would be hilarious is if like Chicago was like got, had the number two slot. And then, like, Columbus won the lottery and got the two slot, and Chicago got three. That would be hilarious. That would be just a beautiful moment. Anyway, folks, this week is kind of light on Jackets hockey. We've got a Monday nighter uh, against Dallas down at Nationwide. And then Friday they go to New York to watch the Rangers. Uh, and then next next Sunday they play the Devils at 5. So uh, I'll probably record next week's show after that. But thank you all very much for listening, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.